Well, good morning. Does this go down any? I just have to be on the side. So good to be with you guys, the church again. Um, We have been back for a little while and uh, have enjoyed being here, being with our family, my family, who's local, and then um, you guys, our church family. Really enjoyed that. Um, And uh, actually, the place that we are living at has been a really great place um, because of being living in the city uh, of 12 million. Uh, there was just a lot of noise, and uh, we experienced quiet for a little while, and that's, that's been a real blessing. I, uh, I never thought I'd be one of those tree-hugging, quiet individ- people that, you know, just kind of enjoys nature, but I, I have the last while, and uh, I'm thankful for that. So um, this morning, I kind of um, want to share something with you that has um, been on my heart for a while and actually been something that um, I feel God has been teaching me um, the last probably six months that we've been down in Colombia, Bogota. And, um, you know, it's amazing to me how God um, works in our lives. You know, um, sometimes we get this kind of persona about ourselves, who we are, right? And what we think we are. And, um, and particularly being an overseas worker, um, I'm probably more of a national worker because I am Colombian. Um, but, you know, when, when you prepare to, to go, you kind of have this persona, what you think you are, perhaps. And it uh, doesn't take very long till you realize that it may not be quite as as what you think you are. And particularly, um, and the thing that subject we're gonna be talking about this morning is compassion. Um, compassion is something that um, probably has been one of the things that, yeah, I'm learning and uh, have learned a lot about. There is this, um, there is something in our lives uh, so often where uh, you think you have it and you get put into it and you realize you don't have it as natural or doesn't come as um, easy as it should. And this, that's, that's been my case, you know, you, you get put into something. We, um, and I'll, part of this message probably would be more, I want to share a little bit about our lives down there. But particularly in this thing, um, a heart of compassion. And um, 
This morning, I think we've heard a lot about some practical things. Uh, thank you, Steve, for your uh, sharing this morning. I think you gave some practical, good things, and perhaps maybe stepped on some toes, maybe uh, got, yeah, hit some places, maybe what we needed to be, uh, we need to look at. So I'm, I'm thankful for that. I'm also thankful for the worship. You know, I um, really, I, I, I was sitting there in my chair and, and, and thought, you know, what do I need to say? What should, I, what should I say? I really, we sang so many powerful songs this morning about God's worthiness, how, how God is worthy, right? We talked about faithfulness, God's faithfulness to us. We talked about, oh, um, just so many aspects of who God is, right? And I don't want to take your time necessarily or waste your time um, this morning, but I feel that this is something that, for me, God is teaching me, but in a, uh, in a whole, is what something that we need to have uh, in our lives uh, as Christians. And um, so when we talk about compassion, what comes to your mind, you know? Um, you know, there's, there's, a lot, there's a lot of definitions about it, you know, that describe it. Um, here are some of them, you know, feeling or showing sympathy and concern for others, to have emotion, to empathize with someone who is suffering and to feel compelled to reduce their suffering. Um, and that's been a real thing for us, be living in where we live in, in uh, the city. Um, but um, I think in my heart, so often I found this thing where it was like, you hear people's stories or we tend to have this thing where you feel bad, but you don't actually, um, you say the right words, but you don't feel their pain. If I, if I, if I can say it that way, does that make sense? Um, and emotion, uh, I don't know, emotion is something that I, particularly as a man, kind of try to stay away from. Um, emotion um, comes from deep inside and it, it comes from something that is, that really moves you, right? And uh, generally, generally, women are better at that than men. Um, women, yeah, feel, feel things. Men run from things, uh, generally. And um, this morning, I want to read a couple passages that are not, uh, won't be new to you. Um, in fact, there's, there's something that we grew up with reading probably all the time. But as I was reading the, these passages uh, this last week and even the last while, something stood out to me um, that um, probably hadn't before. And that is Jesus Christ 
performed incredible miracles. Incredible, big things. He, he did. He fed people out of basically nothing, right? Uh, crowds. Uh, and he healed people out of something. And I want, I want us to read some verses, uh, some passages this morning. And uh, um, look at it. Because I feel, particularly when it comes to the church, the church in general, this is something that we, in general, tend to lack. Um, so if you could re, uh, follow with me from Matthew 15, Matthew chapter 15, and we'll read uh, verse, verses 29 through 37. And um, I'm just going to drop in here and from verse, yeah, verse 29. And actually, sorry, I gave you the wrong verse there. Mark, let's start with Mark 30 through 34. Um, this, we're dropping in here where Jesus had sent the disciples out by themselves to do, um, basically on their own. And then they come back and give a report of what they did. And, um, so we start with, uh, verse 30 here. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he, Jesus said to them, come away by yourselves to a des um, desolate place and rest for a while. For many had, were coming and going and they had no leisure time to eat. So these basically, as we, anybody who's been involved in ministry, ministry is tiresome sometimes. You know, is, is it okay to say that? Ministry is, is tough. It wears you out. And Jesus knew that. And so he decided, let, let, I'm going to just, let's, let's go somewhere, get away from the crowds, and rest. And um, in verse 32, they, and they went away in a boat and to a desolate place by themselves. Now many, now many saw them going and recognized them, and they ran, ran there on foot from all towns and got there ahead of them. So, basically, they were trying to get away. People, the crowds, follow them. And this is what stood out to me in verse 34. And when he, Jesus, went ashore, he saw a great crowd. He saw a great crowd. And I don't know if in my in my from my perspective of what I would do, if I would have been Jesus, I would have been quite disappointed. <laughs> it didn't work, right? And uh, I would have probably altered my route maybe or, or gone somewhere else. But this is what stood out to me. And he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. First of all, I think, obviously, the word compassion comes out in there. Compassion is something that 
is inwardly, right? It comes from the inside, from deep our heart, from deep in our heart. And um, he taught them. So he decided, he, he, Jesus saw something in them. And th- that crowd, how he, how it's described here, he saw them as sheep without a shepherd, right? Spiritually, they, were, they needed to be taught. And something moved in them, in him, that took him beyond his, what he wanted to do, which was rest. And he taught them. And he taught them. And I don't know about you, but in my human heart, that's not what I would do. Not at all. Not at all. You know, we, we live in a time, particularly now, where we, um, our rights, we, we, how should I say, we value our rights quite a bit. Can I say that? We do. It's particularly, and even in the church, generally, we value our, our rights. Our, you know, this is my time, this is my, and so we value them, right? But Jesus' heart was to teach them, right? And the other thing I want to, I want to show, uh, I want us to look, to notice in, this, in these passages is that spiritually, you know, much of the time, particularly when it comes to missions, we, we see things that stare at, you know, th- there's certain th- things that stare, stare at us in the face. Hunger, you know, poor people, street people. Those things really tag at us or hit us pretty hard, right? But I think it's, it's important to know that Jesus saw their spiritual heart and, and, and realized that they needed, he needed to teach them. He wanted to teach them. Um, but again, that heart of compassion. Um, here's another one. In, in Matthew, we read... Um, from 29 to 37, Jesus was in Galilee, and um, the crowd, he had another crowd, he, um, he taught them again. This time he noticed, it says that he was, he, he called his disciples in verse 32, and he said, I have compassion. I have compassion on the crowd because they have been with me three days and have nothing to eat. And I am unwilling to send them away hungry lest they faint on the way. So there was a physical. There was a physical, right? He saw they hadn't eaten for three days. So something moved in his heart and he says, I want to do something. I'm not willing to let them go hungry. And so he calls his disciples and tells them that. And obviously, we know the story. You know, disciples say, well, we don't have nothing here. And then we know the conclusion of the story, and that is that Jesus did an incredible thing and fed 5,000 and then 4,000 later. Um, 
What about sickness? You know, this is something that um, healing is something that I'm not sure about. <laughs> can, I, can I be so honest? Um, theologically, I believe in it. And I think I believe in it in my heart. Um, but um, God has me in a journey, and sometime I, I would share a little bit more on, 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 this, on this thing uh, in healings. But um, in Matthew, um, we read uh, Matthew 14, 13 and 14, we, we read this. And when Jesus heard this, this was when... Um, takes place when the disciples, or Jesus heard about Lazarus being, uh, having passed away, he, um, he, he obviously felt something, so, and, and this is where it takes place, and when Jesus heard this, he withdrew for three from there and on a boat to a Delta place by himself, but when the crowds heard him, they followed him and foot from the towns. And when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, and healed, and healed their sick. Their sick. Um, so obviously, Jesus, it's uh, what Jesus is moved by every aspect of our human life, whether it's spiritual, whether it's hunger, right? Because that's 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 something real. Whether it's sickness, those those are something. That's something that um, Jesus, our, our Jesus, feels. Um, so what do we do with this? You know, I think so often uh, as individuals, we have, these, we have this thing where um, we categorize ourselves, right? Um, Having emotion, being compassionate, uh, takes something of us, right? It takes us being motivated or it takes us connecting with someone's life. And, um, and, it's just a, and it's a lot more than just saying, sorry, man, that's too bad. That's, that's, that's trying to be something. But as we can see through, through Jesus' examples is that it came from deep. He was moved. Uh, we don't use that terminology very much. Um, but basically, it's that he was, it came from deep inside. Um, and it, it, it required him to do something. Um, but we don't, you know, we, we don't, uh, we're not, we're not, um, can I say maybe as awake sometimes in that? We are very individ, individualistic and we think about ourselves um, so often, okay? And I say, when I say we, I mean, that's obviously, I'm talking a lot about my own self. Um, Why? Why? How often have we prayed that God would give us opportunities? 
How often have we prayed that God would give us his heart? Right? I know I have, and it's been a lot of times. But I'm realizing that God, God, it's not God that doesn't do his job or doesn't bring those things. It's that I somehow don't see them. My heart is not connected to that. Is it, can it be because of what I consider important? A lot of times, this is, um, we often, or I should say, yeah, a lot of times, we think of outside, people outside our church or community. But what about, our, what, are brothers, what about our brothers and sisters here? Or maybe it's the opposite. You know, we, we, a lot of times we feel more comfortable with our community, right? The people we know, the people we feel deserve to be taken care of, right? Uh, but it doesn't seem like that's what, by Jesus' example, that that, Jesus limited it to anything or anybody. Um, I was reading um, this uh, article not too long ago, and uh, this individual was talking about the the subject of compassion. Um, And he asked the questions, and I think I'll just read it. Um, this is not, obviously not my words, but his. Um, so he asked the question, why don't some of us feel compassion? Scriptures tells us that the heart, that the heart treasure, which is out of, um, where your treasure is, this is in Matthew, uh, where your treasure is, your heart will, there, will be there also. Um, and I believe that's true. You know, we, as humans, we have things that are important to us, right? Whether we talked about jobs, right? We have investments, we have um, whatever we have. But what about our time? What about our time? Do we have time? to go be with somebody, to go help somebody. Um, let me ask you this. Is being compassionate ever a convenient? You know what? It isn't. A lot of times it's not. We, we as uh, North Americans, I'll say it that way, we have, we tend to categorize things sometimes, right? This is the time I work. This is the time I eat. This little time is where I have free and I can go do something, maybe for somebody else, if, if it's my schedule, if it's my time. And, I re- and if I don't have anything to do, then, then I can 
do, do this. But reality is, when, when these times come for us to be compassionate, have that, it's inconvenient. I was, um, a couple weeks ago, I was in um, Salisbury, and I had a, an appointment with somebody. And um, unfortunately, I had to fuel up, because uh, I was trading cars with somebody. And um, tried to get in there, fell out, because I was running a little bit late, and um, fueled my, my car, was fueling my car up. And this other truck pulled right beside me, and um, this guy starts asking for money, and not at me, but somebody else that was passing by, and I heard him, and um, so the guy, you know, typical thing, oh, I don't have change, man, I don't have, you know, type of thing, so I just sat there, and I, I was just, decided I was, I was going to be me, and I would just look down, and was going to try to ignore him a little bit. Uh, he didn't. Um, yeah. So anyways, the guy started talking, and um, eventually I, I felt God was just saying, hey, you do this overseas, why can't you do it here? You know, why, why can't you give this guy, it's easy for you to do it and to a street person in, in Bogota, but why can't you do it here? What, what's so hard about it? And um, so I, you know, I ended up talking to the guy, and you know, the opportunity that came out of there, this guy was, um, I was running late again, and uh, this guy decided to ask me who I was, and I told him, hey, I said, I'm not from around here, but here's these little bit of money. He said, who are you? And um, we ended up talking about Jesus and some about what we've been doing the last six months. And he says, um, he, was, he ended up, he said, do you have time to sit and uh, I want to tell you my story. And I was like, um, yes, yes. So I sat, the, he, we opened, he came in the, the truck there and told me his story. And it's, it's, a, it's a sad story. Later on, I, uh, he says, I need, can I give you my number? He says, can you call me tomorrow and check on me? Uh, he was very upfront with me. He does. He drunk, and you know he's a drinker. And and um, he said, but I, he said, can I? Can you? Can you check on me tomorrow? I was like, whoa, sure. I mean, I saw it. and um, so he said. Um, so he left, and the next day I decided, you know what? I'm gonna check on this guy. So he, I called him up, and. Um, he says, uh, I, I explained who I was. He says, really? He said, I never thought you'd call me. Never dreamed that you would call me or check up on me. He said, I just wanted to see him. And um, he, he was headed somewhere else, Florida, I think it was. And, um, but you know what? I got to share Jesus with him. It was out of my, I was running out of time. I was, I was messing my, my schedule up. But I think so often we miss those opportunities because of what we have planned, what we think is important. And I think that's what it boils down to. 
um, for us, for me. And that is, my things are important. My schedule is important. My time is important. My food, my money, my whatever you can put in there is more important than this. And you know what? I don't, I don't want to make you feel guilty because there are those times when it's just plain doesn't work. But I wonder how often we miss those opportunities. And it's maybe it's because there's something in here that has gone cold. Maybe it has. Maybe it's to our brother. Maybe it's to our sister. What if somebody needs a house painted? What if somebody needs a, um, a ride somewhere? You know, we have these excuses. One of them, believe it or not, and it tends to be mine, is, I'm, you know, I love, I've learned to love people. I just say that. I used to not. I used to be a very much of a loner, and I enjoyed being by myself. Um, but um, being compassionate and having that heart takes loving people. And guess what? Guess who did that? The, the man, the God that you follow and claim to be a child of loved people. Loved people. We often have this excuse where I'm not a people person. Have you ever heard of that? You ever said that? I'm not a people person. Ooh, how can you do that? That's amazing. That's like, you know what? I'm thankful to this day. At the time, when I was young, I used to be a very shy individual. I'd rather be in the corner instead of going and meeting somebody. So my mom, being my mom, did an incredible thing, (laughs) looking back now. At the time, it was not fun. She would um, push me to go meet somebody. And on Sundays, she would uh, actually, sometimes on Sundays, she would uh, tell me to visit, to talk to five new people and to... Then I had to give a report of what I talked to them about. And, oh, man, there was always those first little while when I just start sweating. It's like, oh, what am I going to tell these people? And, and what, what do I have in common with this individual? You know, and because, you, you know, we have this tendency. We look people up and down. You know, we're, uh, I don't think I have anything in common with him. It would be better just to be somewhere else. So, but my mom made me do it for a couple months. It was like every Sunday. And you know what? I'm thankful now because it taught me to love people, to relate to people. Um, And sometimes we have to exercise that and get away from our 
what our tendencies, our excuses of what we have or what we think we may have, right? Um, when I think of convenience, I think of the story of uh, the Jesus there in Matthew uh, of Zacchaeus. Um, he's probably one of my favorite characters. I relate to him in so many ways. Um, the, um, but anyways, if, if you know the story uh, of Zacchaeus, when Jesus was, um, he was up in Galilee in the north, and he had, his time for his death was coming. And if you ever looked at a map, um, where he was was north, Jerusalem was south, and it's, it's a pretty much, much a straight shot from where he was to where he was going. And I always found it fascinating that he took a detour that makes, made no sense for me, especially after you read that he set his face to, to go to Jerusalem and to face Pilate and the crowd and death. But I, he took this route, um, so he came down and then he went all the way to Jericho where he met two men. And his words were, I must pass through Jericho. And there we know the story of Zacchaeus, a tax collector, a cheater, And he got born again because Jesus passed that way. What about blind Bartimaeus? A miracle, incredible miracle he did. Sitting there on the gate and Jesus heals him. Convenient? I don't think so. Was it? Why? But he, there is something in the heart of God. There's something in the heart of our Jesus that is, that is moved. That moves. That is engaged with, with our infirmities. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that. <clears throat> So this morning, I really don't want to want this to be a, a message of condemnation or guilt. But you know, from time to time, as Christians, we kind of have to peel back and look in a little bit and see where we are. Where am I? What are my motives? What are my goals? Who am I living for? That's okay. We have to take those times. Um, and when we... Um, not all of us are called to do 
to go overseas. That's okay, right? But all of us have something in part. When we, um, when you serve, we have this tendency, we, I would say, I would actually back up a little bit. As Christians, we are very, very, very afraid of legalism. We are so afraid of it. I don't know why, but we are. I, I think maybe because of experiences we've had. Um, so we tend to, out of that fear, perhaps, we throw away a lot of things sometimes that are not necessary, that we don't have to. Um, we're afraid of laws. We're afraid of doing things just because, right? But I want us to focus this morning not on the law, but on what we can do. Out of the heart, having a heart like Jesus Christ. So... When you have the opportunity to serve, serve with compassion. Serve your brother. Serve your sister with compassion. Serve your neighbor. Welcome Welcome the stranger. Did you know that's important to God? It's actually very important to him. To welcome him in. Bring him in the, bring him in the circle. Bring him them in the circle. When you give, we t- I guess you guys, we've had two messages on giving the last little while, right? When you give, Give with compassion. Not out of, I have to. This is what I'm supposed to do. But there's a difference when we look at it through the eyes of compassion, the the heart of, um, I get to. If God calls you to go, go, go overseas, go wherever he's calling you to go, not out of duty, but out of compassion like he did. See everything, let's try to see everything with that type of heart. We have in Matthew the verses that, um, that we're all probably very familiar with. And 
we, so often we are tempted to look at this as a more of a, a do, a works passage. But I think we're missing something um, that I, I would say this. I feel like I've missed something in, this, in reading these passages in the past. Um, so let's do this. Let's read Matthew 25. Um, and I'll just read it. Uh, verse 31 through 46. And when the Son of Man comes to his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will, will be gathered all nations. I love that. All nations. And he will separate, the, separate people one from the other as a shepherd separates his sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on the right hand, but the goats on the left. And that's judgment, okay? That, that is something that uh, I'm not looking forward to. I'm more looking forward to being in heaven with Jesus, but I'm not looking forward to seeing people being judged. But that is God, and that is his ways. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was a hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will say to him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and fed you or thirsty and gave you drink? And when did we see you as a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when, and when did we see you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, truly or of a truth, I say it to you, as you did it to one of these least of my brethren, you did it to me. The opportunity, one is, so often we miss the opportunities, right? People that we pass through, perhaps daily, right? Um, but I think what I want to point out here is not necessarily that perhaps will be judged. I don't know why this passage is, is here in, in the sense of, um, and why God picked these, these things. You know, particularly when we, we talk about us going, you know, the end time and us being judged. I'm not sure why, why this comes into it, except that I see this really matters to God. It really matters to God. And so it should really matter to you and me. It really should. And I, I want us to look at ourselves, look at our lives, and see. I know I did I am, let's just say it that way, I am looking at my life. Because this, even being placed in front of it, I see it probably more 
being down there than I did here. I get tired of it. Um, and I'll share some experiences later on of what our life is like. Um, and some of the struggles, some of the blessings, but some of the struggles that are real to us. Um, so, can I encourage you this morning to look at your life? Look, let's look at our lives as individual, as a church. Where do we stand? You know, I said, you know, I, I, I read all those things. Compassionate in our in strangers in money one of the challenging things that often happens as a as a overseas worker is that you you see so many things and then you come home to your own church and um you want to tell them what you see um the experiences you have. And sometimes it comes out a bit like, why aren't you guys doing this? You know, that's not my heart here at all. I, I am not the Holy Spirit. I am not trying to change you. I, growing up, we had a, I remember going to certain, certain mission conferences and you know, they gave statistics if you, you know, if you don't drink coffee, you know, if you stop going to Starbucks for so, you can save this much money, or if you don't do this, and I remember walking away from that, it's like, yeah, I was excited about it, but I, I made it into a law, or, or this thing where, nope, I ain't gonna go to Starbucks and spend crazy amount of six bucks on, a, on coffee, nope, uh, I'm not gonna go drink a soda, because that, you know, and, and that, it became a law. You know, I, I'm not here to do that for you. I don't want to do that. Because there is a God, and you know you're God. And if he tells you to do, change something, that's between you and God. It's not me. So please be at ease. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. But if God is speaking to you about something, then let him. Um, but again, I love you, and um, I believe this is something that all of us need to check ourselves from time to time. Um, thank you. I want to share a little bit about our life. You know, I don't know, kind of change hands a little bit, but it goes along with what we, we're sharing a little bit. Um, there in Bogota. Obviously, we are here. We didn't think we'd be here six months later. And I don't know how long we'll be here. Um, I am... Um, hoping maybe a month, maybe two months. But I don't know. Uh, our paperwork, basically, we're work, waiting on visas for Ruthie and the children. And that's why we're here. And we can't go back without it. 
So you're stuck with us um, for a little while. But I wanted to share a little bit of what life is for us. You know, um, I wish I had pictures, but it's always, it's always very difficult when it comes to what you do to bring your camera out and take a picture of what it is. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about our life. Primarily, what, what our role is with the mission we're with is to be a pastoral couple. Um, I always cringed at that. For some reason, I just never liked being called a pastoral couple. Uh, but that's what we do. And basically what we do is meet with people, shepherd them. Uh, a, lot of the, a lot of the team, our, our team is our young people. So houses, you know, provide them for meal, daily life, uh, check on them, how they're doing. Uh, and we do that as, as a team. Uh, Together, we do that boy, men and women. Then we do that individually in a week. Try to, at least most of it. And so that calls for a lot of meetings um, in, in, in the day. And then um, our Thursdays are what we call our church day. So instead of Sunday, it's Thursday. So we have church on Thursday. And so that's primarily my responsibility. And we usually have somewhere between 10 to sometimes 40 people in our home um, having Sunday church. And um, that's what we are primarily there for. But on the other hand, the other part of our life is, uh, is doing this, is, is, being willing, being, uh, opening up our home to the needs around us. Our, the, where we live in the city is, um, we're across a park, so there's always a lot of people around, and our community is very much of a middle class. Um, it's probably where a lot of the, uh, if you know much about Colombia, it's one of the, it's a very, um, <laughs> very busy in criminal activities. Um, and our area is probably where the white collar uh, criminal activity happens. So it's not the uh, assassin necessarily, but more the people that pay the assassins to get it taken care of. Um, so it's a very um, somewhat calm community, but we have a lot of people go through there. And um, the, a lot of what we do is, is living life in front of them. You know, it, it's, in some ways, it's not much different than living here. You know, we still have to get up. We, we my wife schools the kids, and we eat our meals. We do that. But at the same time, it gets interrupted quite often by people who are wanting, whether food, uh, who are, or want to talk, want to know who we are. Um, and that's our life, you know, uh, and sometimes it gets tiresome. You know, we being Americans, we have our schedules, you know, uh, and I'm finding that I'm more American, I'm very American, actually, um, 
that I like my, my times where it's just, hey, this is a time for ministry, this time to eat, this time to, you know, we have our, we have our things. And uh, unfortunately, it doesn't happen like that. So it's all through the day we have people come in. Um, but I want to tell you some of the things that have been highlights for us and in it all. Um, we have a lot of refugees that come through asking for food. And, you know, um, sometimes it gets tiresome. Can I say it? Can I be so honest? Uh, it's my food, <laughs> so to speak. You know what I'm saying? It's, this is our food. And here comes another one. You know, they, they want, they need food. They, they have kids. And it's just like, I just realized, man, Lord, I am not a good missionary. I am not. This is not, this is not a natural thing for me. I still want my stuff, my food, and my money. And so, you know, can I, is, that, is, that too, is that too honest? I'm sorry. But it's true. That's who I, that's some of the things I face. Um, then we have this... Um, We've gotten an opportunity. One time uh, we had a lady that came through that was sitting outside our, by the road, just weak, crying. Three kids, um, just weep, just crying on the road. And Ruthie went out, talked to her, brought her in. And that, that poor lady was so depressed that she wanted to die. Uh, she was alone, no husband, no uh, way to support herself. And um, so she just wanted to die. She just came into the house and um, yeah, just says, I, I just want to die. I just want to kill myself and take my kids with me. And, um, and she happened, we looked down and she had, uh, this lady was, she came in the house and she was uh, limping and she had, uh, her foot had gotten crushed by a bus. Um, and she had these pins um, coming out of her leg. And I think the skin had come loose. The stitches had come loose. And so her, her rods were all showing. And um, just in a miserable state. And um, so anyways... I got to share with her my life story and that I too wanted to kill myself and my life at one point. And, um, you know, she was there probably, I don't know, an hour or two. And um, at the end of sharing my story, sharing Jesus, and uh, she, it was amazing watching her, remembering her walk in and then the way she left. She didn't get born again, but she had hope. And um, Ruthie has been able to keep up with her a little bit. Um, but you know, there's something, there's something satisfying to, to see somebody have hope when they're, when they, they're, they have no hope. There is no hope. They feel no hope. 
And um, so that's, that's one. The other one that um, I think has been a relationship that's been growing, we had, Ruthie has had an opportunity to meet this lawyer um, and um, she comes to our house quite often or some and um, been able to talk with her. Very Catholic, religious, you know, by default. But um, she's starting to ask questions about Christianity, what we believe. And uh, one time she, in her house, she had sensed that there were some spiritual things going in her home where doors were open without anybody being there. And she started asking, so, so what is this? What, what's this? What's happening? And Ruthie has been able to tell her, you know, and share with her some of the, the things that, spiritual things that do happen. And um, so that's opened up an avenue to share Christ. We live in a community where it's, it's religious. It's so religious. Um, I almost get tired of it at times. Uh, or calloused, I should say callous to the thing because everywhere you go, they, you hear this, Dios le bendiga, Dios le bendiga, hermano. And it could mean, it could come from anybody. And I get callous to it. It's like, what does that mean? I mean, um, but it's callous. I mean, it, it's, religion is so strong there. They say that in our community, you, you have people that go to church, like Catholic church, before they go kill somebody. So it's that type of religion where it's, religion is just part of their culture, but have no concept of what Christianity is, really is. And um, the, um, so being able to, to, to do that um, and share Jesus. Uh, the other ones are obviously recyclers, people who go through the dump, uh, the trash, and recycle stuff, but they eat out of there. And being able to, to uh, be there for them and give them what they need and share Jesus. Um, so that's our life. That's, that is, uh, it's not one of those amazing things where you just get up in the middle of the road and street and share to a big crowd. It's individual, individual lives, individual people. And um, thank you guys. You know, I, I definitely want to take the time to thank the church for what you do, what you've done for being a part of this. You know, you're here, we're there. But thank you for the support, the prayer, the, uh, some of you even contacting us and, 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 and checking up on us. You know, that means so much to us. Uh, it is, uh, it gets lonely down there. And uh, yeah, and we get lonely and we miss people and we miss things. So thank you all so much. Uh, for everything you do and are doing for us. God bless you. Thank you all very much.